I just realised that there was a bit more to life than putting on the ballet shoes. <laughs> we need to stop shaming people for quitting or for giving up because I don't think that I gave up dance. I gave up the trauma and the, the shit. Hello and welcome to Dance Bands. I'm your host and who am I? Mr. G. Oops! And today I'm here with Alex Manchinski. Alex grew up dancing in the Sydney Estedford scene and continued his training in contemporary dance at Sydney Dance Company's pre-professional year. He seconded for dance companies in Amsterdam, France and Israel, but has since moved on to study advertising and PR at uni. So please welcome Alex Manchinski. Hello, everybody. Hello. How Hello. are you? I'm, I'm good. loving that I'm here. Finally. I'm loving that you're here. <laughs> Alex is my dear friend, and today we have so many things to talk about. I can't wait. But first of all, Alex, what do you reckon? I reckon this show is is the real deal, and I think you need a few more followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, it's, I've watched every episode, and I'm hooked, and I just oh, great. I can't wait for it to blow up. Thanks, Alex. No, I think it never will. What I'm excited <laughs> for is the day where I still have 300 followers, mm-hmm. but I also have 300 episodes. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever shat yourself? Um, no, I have. I have not. Great. And three, are you afraid of dying? Um, no, I, I don't reckon. <laughs> awesome. Really simple, clean and simple. Yeah. Okay. So I don't even think we need to play any games. There's no battle today. I mean, do you want to play yeah, nah? I think we should. I think it's kind of a ritual and I'm okay, just great. like... Okay, great. Yeah, it's true. I'm so prepared for it that I think we have to. So, have you ever stolen something? Uh, yeah. Can you speak another language? Nah. <laughs> do you sing? Nah. Do you have an enemy? Mm, I'd say I've got enemy-ish people, yes. Do you play an instrument? No. Do you want to be famous? Nah, not really. Ballet or jazz? <laughs> Oh, ballet. Oh, really? Oh, that's a bit controversial. I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest jazz bunny, but I'm not, not really ballet bunny either. But mm. I kind of dabble in both. But yeah. I'd say I'm more trained in ballet, yes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Wiggles or high five? High five. Yes! Mm-hmm. That's a second person on the high five list. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, big show or intimate informal showing? Oh, intimate informal showing. Splendor on the grass <laughs> or carols? In the domain. I'm going to say Carol's in the domain. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be that bitch. <laughs> Splendor's a big commitment, but Carol's, you can kind mm. of take it from different angles. KTJ or Jazz Funk Hip Hop? Oh, K- KTJ. Yeah, you're KTJ. Yeah, as I'm 100%. Beginner tap or advanced tap? <laughs> or um, pre-primary tap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, I thought you tapped. No, no. I've like done one tap class. <laughs> And it was a disaster. Oh, I can so, see you in the pre-primary tab. Yeah, I'm, I'll be the star of pre-primary, but that's as oh. far as we'll go. Um, okay, I don't have any more yeah or nah. Yeah. Okay, so Alex, where do we begin? I think basically your whole episode is a dance rant. But I think it is. I think there's a lot to say about... Oh, okay. Okay. Here's what we do. So firstly, fill the people in on who you are, what you've done, where you've been in like a really stout, a a bio, a snippet bio. 
okay, well, I bring something different, you know. I'm not <laughs> I'm not really a dancer anymore, I would say. Yeah, I went to performing arts high school and then I did two years of full-time at the same place. <laughs> um, and then I travelled to Europe for dance. Um, I did contemporary dance and then I did a few gigs here and there. And then now I live the boring life of uni and work, but you know, bringing all of that stuff that I've learned from dance into a different world. Yeah, nice. Is how I would put it. And you work like at a desk kind of, right? I do. I do that. I do that job. <laughs> that one that everyone's like, I don't want to end up being at the desk. That's what I do. And I low-key like it. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That was a really nice snippet bio. Would you like to drop any names of like people you've worked with? Places I've been. Well, no, I've done the rounds. Like I did the Europe extravaganza and I did, <laughs> you know, I did the Sydney Dance Company pre-profesh experience. I did a gig with David Jones. That'd probably be my claim to fame, as <laughs> <laughs> sad as that is. On the telly? Or um, it was like a live? No, it was like a live thing for a launch of uh-huh. a shoe department. Nice. And... <laughs> Yeah, and then I kind of called it quits. Right, okay. Maybe why did you call it quits? Um, It's an interesting question. And every time somebody asks me that, <laughs> I say, it's a long story. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like now is the time that we can share those stories. I think to cut it short, though, for me, it was like, I just felt like it wasn't working in the way that I had always envisioned it to. Right. And then... I just felt like I could continue at this thing that I love that's not bringing me joy or I could just try something else and see how I go. And then that's what I did and I ended up just, yeah, kind of dance kind of just became a blur in the background and then I just realised that there was a bit more to life than putting on the ballet shoes. You're an insane dancer, by the way. And I feel like you got really good towards the end of your career. Mm, I mean, I think the way I see it as well, right, is that when I finished, I was the best dancer I I was ever. And I was kind of really happy at where, even though I hadn't, you know, my dream was to be in a company for years, like, and I never got there. But I think the dancer that I was towards the end was yeah I was really happy with that and I thought because I started we're gonna get into the stories of like how I actually came to make this decision because (laughs) it wasn't just something that happened like a lot of stuff happened along the way but yeah I think I realized that I'd gone to a few auditions and I'd seen these people that had like you know in their 30s or late 20s that were still trying like still doing the audition rounds and I just thought like I mean I could be wrong but I don't think that's their best self right and I feel like at the end I was my best self and I'm kind of happy to leave it at where I was knowing that I had done in essentially I had done everything I'd wanted to do besides join a company and then I realized that that actually isn't what I want when I when I did experience that that. I had the same thing Mm -hmm. I realized like once I could envision myself in the company I wanted to be in I was like the actual everyday experience Mm. of being in this place is not 
anything better than what I've already done. And like, you can see where that leads. If you're in 10 years and, and you're like in this company that you wanted to be in, like it's a pretty predictable experience. Like nothing wild or exciting is really going to happen. Yeah, 100%. I think doing the dance that we did, that contemporary ballet kind of realm, I think there is such, as much as we like to think that it's changing and that, you know, we're becoming more accepting of different body shapes and different styles and all of that, I think it is still very stuck in the past and I think it is still very traditional in many ways and this idea of a company that hasn't changed at all you know that's exactly Mm. the same as it's always been and I think we're kind of trained in a way that we're already in a dance company like if I think back to full time that was pretty much being even high school like even Even at Newtown yeah it was literally called company yeah (laughs) like you know you're kind of conditioned to know what it's going to be like before you even get there. Yeah. And then you can kind of figure out if it's for you or if it's not for yeah. you. Wait, do you want to go backwards or do you want to go from the start? I think we can. I think we should go from the very start because then that kind of ties in everything yeah. that needs to be discussed. <laughs> Great. So from the start. I don't. Yeah. So there's we're going to talk about something, I guess, that may not be. I, it hasn't really been spoken about a whole lot. Not as um, much as I believe it should be. Yeah, not as much as I think it definitely should be. Um, because I think talking about this as well is kind of where it all, even though it was the very start, it's where it all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like everything yeah. from that kind mm. of brought me to where I am now. Yeah. So I, along with many other dancers in Sydney, went to a very well-renowned dance studio. I'm not going to name the studio, but it was, yeah. Some things went down and it ended up having to be closed for, I guess you can say, legal reasons. Yeah. Can we put it that way? Yeah, I think that's probably a safe way to put it. (laughs) I also attended this school for a few years. Not in the same commitment level as you mm. did. I was there on a more recreational basis. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I wish was I was there witness. on a recreational basis. I was kind of a fly on the wall. Mm. I think if you're in the Sydney dance scene, you definitely know, you know, where, what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the stuff that went down, but I will. I just want to talk about my experience as a dancer there, mm. and then how that kind of shaped the rest of my career as a dancer yeah Yeah, great great way to put it Alex and a really nice way that's not going to get me in legal (laughs) trouble (laughs) we're not trying to get sued here do you think anyone's going to be like mega confused right being like what on earth I think I mean if you are confused I think you can just google it like it's dance school that shut down yeah it's a pretty that's a pretty safe way to put it yeah it's not a secret like this it's something that everyone everyone has their own opinion on it. It very swiftly and quietly got forgotten about. Yeah. <laughs> Which is understandable mm. in the like in the heat of the like the years that it that it happened for everyone like, you know, in our circles they just didn't want to talk about it. Mm. But I think if it had happened in the age of social media now, oh, oh my god. Yeah, I mean they in a way they kind of started this whole thing on mm. social media with yeah. dance becoming a big thing on social media kind of started poppin'. with them yeah especially in australia i yeah. mean 
growing up, we kind of were very influenced by American dance, I mm. would say, well, especially yeah. that studio like was. Like Stedford dance. Yeah, yeah. And mm. it morphed into a social media thing very quickly. But to go back to what you said before, if this were all to go down now, I think it would be very different. Yeah. And it is like kind of a topic that's starting to be talked about. But anyway. And yeah, as I said, like I, I'm happy to talk about my experience there as as a dancer. I mean, I wasn't, I want to stress the fact that I was not, you know, directly involved mm. with what went down at all and the things that led to the closure of the studio. So I'm definitely not going to, you know, talk about that or, you know, say that I've got a big opinion on that because I, I was not directly involved and I don't, I don't want to offend anybody at all. But yeah, I, I did a lot of my dance training there. And I kind of grew up as a dancer there and that's kind of the insight that I can bring. Um, okay, sorry. Am I really stuffing no, up? No, no, you're not, Alex. It's okay, great. Okay. It's fine. Feel free to take whatever moment yeah, you need. Yeah, I'm just going to take a moment. I don't think I'm going to get emotional. I'm just like, I'm worried. Like, I don't know what to, I don't want to offend people. You know what I mean? What I can kind of explain though is the environment, you know, and what it was like, what it felt like to be there. Yeah. Because that's I a big thing. I think I even felt. Yeah, what that and I was. think anybody would agree with the things that I'm going to say because I think we were all feeling the exact same way, mm. and you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that disagrees or would defend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the environment was extremely competitive for one, and I mean that's pretty obvious from the social media as well, and from the kind of era that they had. Yeah. No one can deny that the dancing was amazing, absolutely amazing for the time. Guess it kind of backfired on them in a way because they built such a profile and then that profile got, you know, very damaged at the end. So mm. the environment, from my perspective, it was creating this level of excellence through purely fear. Like that was it. There was no fun. It was mm. not really designed to be fun. I mean, people had fun, eh? Like, I know, that's the thing, right? Because what you just said is pretty much sums up the whole thing. There was a lot of fear. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but I know that there was a lot of fear. I felt a lot of fear. And the people that I was closest to there felt the exact same way. But at the same time, I don't regret going there for a minute. The best friends I had there are still my best friends today. Yeah. And the dance training was so well suited to me mm. and I yeah I learned I learned pretty much all my technique there you know acrobatics mm. <laughs> you know things that and it kind of gave you a bit of a competitive edge as well when you started yeah. to audition for high schools and things because it was you know the training was very versatile you learned ballet jazz acro um, you even did a bit conditioning, of conditioning a bit of improv yeah and mm. the strength and flexibility training was off chops off chops <laughs> like it was yeah it was pretty i actually next don't level. and i think like what you said it was like the mark of that era i don't know if a school like that could even exist i think there's been a big shift i think as a teacher i feel that students are in charge now like there isn't really an environment anymore where the teachers take precedence and get to make the decisions it's more like the students demand what is taught to them and mm -hmm. the parents can complain 
and leave the school because there's so much yeah. going on that they can be like, well, I don't like it here. Yeah. Sucked in. That and is so true. This school didn't have any of that because they were so a cut above the rest that they had the power to hold you where you are and threaten you pretty much. Yeah, 100%. I think that's so true. And I think that's what is so different about today's dancers to, yeah, mm-hmm. what we what we. And I guess also to a non-dancer to explain what this is like, I think that would be good. So basically Mm. at a dance school that is competitive, there's a certain amount of classes you have to do every Mm -hmm. week to be part of the school and to be part of the competition element of the school. You know, I don't know how many students were there, like a a thousand, maybe less. Oh, less. Yeah, maybe like, oh yeah, you could say probably 400, 500 maybe. Mm. That's such a And so they had enough students that they could like put the students up against each other Mm -hmm. and they'd all be competing for a spot in this like elite group. And mind you, like people would travel to this studio like it wasn't even I mean these days it's very much just your local studio is where you'll go to because the studios nowadays are very good and yeah yeah, you can kind of go anywhere for quality dance training I would say in Sydney especially you know back then there was only kind of a handful top studios that did the competitions and that had the technique training and the ballet and and this was very much like there was a giant set of rules there was a book that you got when you joined the school right strict uniform it was that like parenting system of punishment over reward like you didn't get praise for doing something good it was more like you feared getting in trouble and that's how you got good yeah I think that really sums it up. I mean, for me especially, I think the reason why I did improve so much when I was there is because I was scared. As sad as that sounds, like I, I don't I don't necessarily see that as a huge negative. Hearing that, a lot of people would say, well, that doesn't sound like it was a very nice environment to be in, especially at a young age. But the way I see it is what you were saying before that now it's very much the students and the parents decide how the studio runs mm-hmm. or they they have a lot more say because they can just say, oh, um, if you don't give me what I'm after, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That was not the case at this studio because the two people running the studio were very much in charge and you kind of do anything to make them happy and... You know, if the best way to put it is if you're at a competition, right, and say you choreographed a piece and it didn't place, yeah, on a competition team at a studio, so you got nothing. In our days, when I was, you know, growing up as a dancer, that was always our fault, the mm. the dancer's fault, the student's fault. You didn't dance well enough or you didn't perform to your best. You know, there was always some bullshit thing to come up with. But now that's the teacher's fault. Or that's the choreography. It never goes yeah. on to the students. And it's it's hard to say which one is better because... Yeah, it is hard to say hard from to a say. teacher's perspective. Yeah. That's quite daunting. I think it probably sounds like the latter is the more appropriate response. Yeah, know? and I mean, a, a lot of the time it is. 100% it's the choreography. But as a kid back then, like, you wouldn't even think of that as an yeah. option. I never did. Not until I was a teacher. If we ever lost, it was my fault. You don't want to put blame onto kids, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like you never want to make them feel like it's their fault for not winning. Yeah, what are we getting at here? Yeah, what are we getting at? (laughs) Um, Well, I guess the other thing is like along with, you know, having fear, I think the huge thing 
that I always felt was judgment, like just constant judgment. They were always, there was always eyes on you and it's even hard to tell whether it was in your best interest or in their best interest Mm. and, you know, for getting more followers on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, it was just constant judgment. And I think that's what really, that's what I took with me throughout Mm. dancing. And I just, like everywhere I went, I just couldn't get that out of my head that everyone was judging teachers Mm. other students guest choreographers just and it it gets very overwhelming and then Mm. you kind of lose sight of yourself because you're just so wrapped up in everyone else's judgment that you kind of lose judgment over yourself because you don't even know what Mm. what you're trying to achieve anymore because you're just so worried about other people's perceptions yeah this is such a tenet of classical training and the Mm -hmm. classical company world that still exists and it's such a key principle to in their ability to manipulate dancers so like it starts in your training as a kid you just assume that you're going to be punished that you need to have these Like, especially in the ballet world, it's like, it's a strict world. And you know that from the second you begin, it's like, you're going to get in trouble if you do something wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't respectful of the teacher, which is like a fair enough set of principles. But then this gets twisted to a point where as you get older and once you're our age and you're in a company, they use that against you to manipulate you so they can pay you less so you're completely disposable Mm -hmm. so someone else is going to come along who does a better job than you and you always have that in the back of your mind that you need to do everything perfectly if you make a mistake if you have a day off and this is where it leads to like abuse yeah and that that is such an enormous common topic in the company world yeah that is so silently swept under the rug but we all know about it. Like how many directors of these companies have people come out against and they're still in direction. Like it even happens in Australia. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's it right there. That whole thing about being disposable, being replaceable, they harp on that constantly. You know, every day you feel like you're being compared to somebody else. It, there is so much comparison going on you get to a point where you just like what is that like how is that helping you in any way Mm. your mental state by constantly being compared to other people and it isn't even like sometimes they're actually not doing that and that's what I found when I was doing full-time because I think where I did my full-time training was probably the you know the best training I, I had ever had and and I yeah I don't really have anything bad to say mm. about that particular place because I loved it but you know they weren't necessarily judging and comparing but I couldn't get out of get yeah. that out of my head that they yeah you know like even the, if maybe they were I don't know but you just yeah you're I have so the same. conditioned I to believe that the they same. are that you can't get it out of your head yeah and they do they they use it as a tool to manipulate you and it just it mm. becomes extremely overwhelming yeah because a lot of the time as well you're actually i guess everyone is replaceable in in many ways but especially for contemporary dance i don't i don't really believe that that's 
the case a lot of the time. Like mm. contemporary, you're constantly trying to be unique and have your own style. And Yeah, and it's weird how those two mindsets coincide because there is this whole element that you're being told that we're creating art and we're making something that the general public is going to enjoy and we're entertainers. But at the same time, it's running off this world of fear that the public mm. have no idea is going no on. No idea. <laughs> like any regular person from the general public would think, oh, they have fun all day and they run around on their toes. We're so... Quite the contrary. <laughs> love with the art form or the yeah. athleticism or we do it because we've done it all our lives. We exist in like the worst position yeah. possible because the public thinks fuck all of us yeah at the same time we're receiving a level of intense treatment mm -hmm. and training and pain for most people that just sit there eating maltesers not really paying attention and we take like and we <laughs> take it dude and we take it but we really shouldn't have to and i think that's and we actually of, don't have to yeah you don't and this is what like emily seymour was talking about right is yeah the more people yeah. hide in fear of that whole side of it the more you're creating like yeah. a generational issue yeah because you're just passing it on to the next uh -huh. people that have to suffer it yeah. but there's so many more dancers than there are directors there's so many more students than I there know. are teachers we should not be living in a world like that anymore i know no a hundred percent as i think that's the that's the most important lesson that you need to realize as a dancer is that people can tell you that you're replaceable and you're disposable they can tell you that every day and it's your choice whether you want to believe that or not because i i don't believe that what? you are i don't believe that they're going to find someone that's exactly like you because mm. they're not going to it's impossible like yeah it, especially in Australia where the, it is such a small industry and people come from very different backgrounds and contemporary dance is so unique and individual. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I keep doing We're this. about to go into your audition experience, yeah. but I just okay. want to tie this theme off yeah, I think we need with to one more thought. And that's that what we've just discussed about the competitiveness of the studios, mm -hmm. which is actually changing. And whether it's for good or bad, I don't know. But it's changing the culture of the student and teacher hierarchy. Yeah. No. And you know what? That's what it is. That's how it's affected me throughout life. I think any person that's in authority now, I yeah. think I do struggle with. I'm the same. With. I'm exactly the same. But that being said, you could take what's happening at the studios now as a model for mm -hmm. what could happen in the companies if there were more companies existing. If there were more companies, this wouldn't be able to happen. That's like the bottom line. Yeah. If it was like we had the power to say, okay, you can fire me, but I'm going to find somewhere else to go. Yeah. And all the dancers were doing that, then the dancers would be going to the best companies because of the best treatment and the companies... The companies would have to change to adjust to that. Yeah. Because if there's more companies, then there are more opportunities for you to turn around and say, well, if you're not treating me the way I should be treated, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And they're going to take me. Yeah. But now, if you're, if you're not being treated well, well, then you can either choose to suck it up or quit. And that's yeah. the reality that's of it. That's it. That is it. 
<laughs> and the, yeah yeah the and culture that's where of fear man that's the culture of fear mm-hmm. and that's not an exaggeration no it's not and that's kind of how it all happened for me i guess like we're gonna go into the auditions yeah in a and set. me too that's the reason yeah. i quit as well it was yeah. like i can suck it up well i was like i can't suck it up anymore i know i'm right. done and and that's what I guess my biggest point and the kind of thing that because you know when you, you <laughs> when you dance all your life and that's like that kind of becomes your identity and then you know you see people from your past or family friends and they're like oh are you still dancing like yes come on everyone gets question. that question it's the first question oh how's your dancing going <laughs> oh fuck like <laughs> uh, it's like the I just dread it because every time I see someone I'm like here we go now I have to explain myself a thousand times yeah. I think the way I see it is that I believe that it is braver to change something that is not working for you than to persevere in a situation that is making you unhappy. Yeah, totally. Just because you feel like you can't or you shouldn't give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were some of the things that people said? Why aren't you in a company? You should be in a company. Here's some companies you'd like. Oh, you have so much potential. Oh, it's such a shame you're not dancing anymore. Oh, that Um, one. But it's not a shame. I don't not, I don't think that that's true. And oh, it's, it's a shame that they're losing so many dancers to this yeah. quitting thing who could have been amazing and could have enjoyed it, but they quit for this reason that they yeah. were braver than Yeah. But it's not a shame if you decide in your heart that that world is not for you. That's such a noble thing to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I've had to come to terms with because when it first when I first started moving on and doing other things, you know, I felt really bad about myself. I was like, oh, look, I've spent pretty much the majority of my life doing this one thing and then I don't even know who I am anymore. And, mm. you know, there's such a shame in quitting and giving up. Yeah. And that's for everything, for any sport mm-hmm. or anything that yeah, you've done. totally. There's such a shame that people put on you for giving up. But, mm. but you have to realise what is it that you're giving up? Are you giving up dance? No, I love dance. Dance is mm. like... I think the most beautiful thing in the world and I love I love dance more than anything but I don't I'm not I I gave up the trauma and the the shit and the like the feeling shit about myself that's what I gave up I didn't give up dance dance is still a huge part of my life you know it doesn't have to be your everything yeah people will disagree with that like you know Mm -hmm. if you want to be a dancer you have to give it your all I also think that a lot of this shaming thing comes from people feeling personally attacked or offended by the fact that you quit like I've said this before but I feel like the people who gave me the most difficulty when I quit from that like company environment was the people who believed they'd invested something in my training like old teachers Mm. who would be like why are you giving up like you're giving up so soon or they feel offended that you've quit yeah. Or like family that has put money into it or Yeah, something. that's another thing. Like you feel bad on Or other dancers. Other dancers are the worst, actually. Yeah. Other dancers are the worst <laughs> oh because God. they're like, you're criticizing the thing I'm doing. Yeah. And you can't really talk about it with them a lot of the time because mm. they don't see that the same way as you or they do, but they're not going to admit it to themselves. Yeah. And they think that you're telling them yeah. that they're not being brave for quitting or whatever. 
subconsciously. But ev- everyone's different. Like that's that's the thing. Everyone's different. Not everyone does feel that way. I'm sure. Like I'm sure people come from backgrounds where it isn't as traumatic for them, and mm. that they they have dealt with their issues and they've they've they know how to manage themselves they're confident and they're secure in themselves that they don't have that yeah you know yeah there's people who are made for that and that's incredible and i had to ask me a few years ago and I, i wish i was that but i'm not and you know i experienced things that i think led me to a lot of insecurity and mm. issues with yeah yeah confidence and you can you can think like you can look at it as that's a sad thing but i don't i don't think it is because <laughs> fuck <ugh. laughs> it's great it's great i just want to stress the fact that we need to stop shaming people for quitting or for giving up because like i i i I don't think that I gave up dance. Yeah. As I, I know that that's so, sounds so yeah, funny to say no, because I obviously I did. But, yeah, but no, I don't. You I, could still yeah. dance. You're still a dancer. Yeah. And you'll still have that entire identity and everything you learned from it that's going to give you something in the next place mm. you go. And yeah, I think the idea that you're giving up is ludicrous because I gave up as well, but I could if I wanted to be in a company right now, I just don't want to. Yeah. Like I think I was thinking the other day, like if somebody came up to me and was like, Hey, there's a spot in a company. You can have it right now. I think I would honestly say, no, I don't, Mm. I don't want that. And I could probably still dance or even though I haven't danced in a while, I could probably just, you know, spend a few weeks really like (laughs) drilling that technique back in and getting myself back to that level but I just don't think I want that anymore. I think mm. as soon as you step out, you see things from a different perspective and you're, yeah, you just realize how much more there is to life than dancing. And it's amazing. <laughs> There's yeah. so much out there. And you kind of punch yourself because you've missed out on Well, I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. This comes back to the studio life thing as well. All the socialization you miss out on as a student Mm -hmm. every night like literally till 9 or 10 p.m after school dancing every single day dancing all of your saturday missing every birthday party missing every school event missing sport no team stuff it's all you in the mirror comparing yourself to other people that's putting it in a negative light it's a lot of fun things as well it's a lot of performing (laughs) it's a lot of like laughs outside of class in the and that's the yeah that's yeah. the two things we get to carry away w- with us is like the bittersweet balance that is kind of all worth it yeah it but is. i do think once you step out you realize oh and even with all that like even with all that shitty stuff there's still like i don't think any dancer would regret growing up as a dancer because yeah. you learn so much from that and the skills are very transferable. <laughs> yeah. In in everyday life and study and work. But like I definitely feel like there's things I'm still lacking in my life now without that full-time dance life. Like the way you're so affectionate with all your friends. Yeah. And like <laughs> you're constantly in this environment where you feel like Bleh! like you yeah. can really act however you want be however you want everyone's like getting naked around each other that sounds like a weird way to put it but no it is kind of what it's like there's not much else like it 
there's nothing like there's dances nothing. like no. <laughs> nobody can party like a dancer parties no. you know how like an emotional event or like the death of a loved one brings the family closer together it's that throughout your entire upbringing that we're all experiencing together brings us these like yes. deep connections and relationship that you can't really find elsewhere i think that yeah you couldn't have said it any better that's so true and that goes back to the studio that we were talking about before mm. i think the reason why it did end up you know working so well is because we glued together because we all had that shared experience of mm. fear and trauma and stress that we found solace in each other and yeah. i think we still have that to this day like yeah. i'm still friends with so many of them and the dancers that i'm friends with now like the people that i'm friends with now most of them danced at some point in their lives yeah. and we just have this shared sort of <laughs> yeah okay yeah. before we bring it forward <laughs> i just want to know if there's like a single story you'd like to pick out of the hat because they are so funny and unbelievable, all of the stories of what happened to this studio off its head. Okay, we can tell the air conditioner story because there's really not that much, but <laughs> we had like a little, um, yeah, like an eating room or whatever you want to call it. And I think some people were having a little bitch and a bit of a complaint about the teachers. And one of the teachers <laughs> overheard the conversation and then just, yeah, struck a chord stormed into our conditioning space turned off all the air conditioners and was like said something along the lines of well if you're gonna talk shit about us then you guys can sweat <laughs> and we were all just dying like it was one of those really hot days they closed all the doors turned off all the air conditioners and we just sat there sweating <laughs> and that was just a, no a, a normal day <laughs> Mm. Oh, no. How many times did you cry in those studios? Oh, no. I, I couldn't even tell you. It would probably be once a week, though, for sure. Okay. I think, is the lid closed on that? <laughs> is there anything else needs to be said? I don't, I don't think so. And I want to end by saying that, you know, I, I liked the experience and I also hated it. There was so many things wrong with that, you know, so many things wrong. And what went down was absolutely awful. And I think, you know, I, I just, my heart really does go out to anyone who was directly involved because, yeah, it, it is disgusting and it shouldn't have happened. And, you know, I, mm. it is still shocking to this day. I think, you yeah. know, for years to come, it will be shocking because mm. that, that type of stuff does not happen, should not happen. And, yeah, it's... It's it's very sad. There's so much more to be said about this. Yeah, that's, I, think, I guess maybe that's all you can say. I think we'll say that. I think, yeah, stuff might still come out as... Maybe in time. Time goes on. Because mm. I don't think the story is finished. I, I don't it's think it's not, finished. And the only reason we don't say it is because we're worried about getting, like, sued. Legit. Moving on. Moving on. Let's bring ourselves to europe maybe yeah well actually no okay here's what i want to understand what made you take a second year of full-time this is always a fascinating thing to me <laughs> because ruby t's did the same thing yeah i just want to put a shout out to ruby as well absolutely loved that episode it was probably me my too. fave one to date very yeah. relatable very relatable and that's what that's what i you know i needed to hear 
Yeah, so second year of full-time. Right, well, let's go back to 2016 because that's when it was my first year. Do you know what? I started full-time and I absolutely hated it. (laughs) And the people in my first year kind of know in the first couple months, like, I hated it and I wanted to leave so badly. I was like, no, I'm quitting. I'm going to uni. This is not for me. You had to ask me at the beginning. There's no way I would have done a second year. And then I guess something just something changed and I just opened up a little bit to the teachers and you know expressed how I was feeling and then the response was really you know amazing and I did actually feel really supported and then I yeah I turned 18 and we all started kind of going out together and I made some really strong friendships and I just yeah it came to the end of the year and I looked back on it and I was like wow I actually think I had the best and the worst year of my life like it was Mm. just kind of this crazy whirlwind of experiences and realized how much I changed as a person not even as a dancer like the dancing for me kind of happened in my second year for the first year it was really just about growing up and growing out of that high school mom and dad do everything for you like you know that's and that's the um unique beauty of that program that we both did yeah the focus is on you as a person Mm. and the dancing is second and yeah that's a really special and unique thing and something that I yeah I think I'm really grateful for because I took a lot of those theories with me post dance which did not come without its mega like everyone had a breakdown Mm. that year in my years but like like, an essential breakdown yeah totally it's the essential breakdown (laughs) shout out (laughs) to linda for the essential breakdown yeah it no it it was amazing and i think that's why i did a second year because when i finished my first year i was like nah i'm not done here like Mm. i still have a lot of growing up to do post the second year what happened well i met you in europe didn't i that's right you came to see me in barcelona this that whole journey pretty much in barcelona was kind of the the end point for me right mostly yeah yeah so your company was actually like my dream my goal right. yeah oh, fuck, that's right dude yeah. you auditioned for that shit. yeah i like i don't know what it was i think it was just it was very close to the style of the company Mm. where I did the full time yeah I just felt like a bit of a a pull towards there Mm. as well because the choreographer or the director had you know it to dance yeah had choreographed for that for your company and um I loved his stuff and Mm. yeah and I also just liked the idea of being away and being in yeah a foreign country and having to learn a new language and all of that kind of just really interested me I'm still me. so annoyed about how your audition <laughs> well anyway yeah so that was that was probably like fourth or fifth audition on the list that I had done but should we rewind to the Disney audition or should yes, we okay we should. prior to joining you in Barcelona I was in Paris and I so I'd always I'd always trained as a contemporary dancer and I went to Europe to do contemporary auditions I was in Paris and I had friends there that were in Moulin Rouge and we were just having such a good time. And yeah, like I saw what they were doing and I just thought, oh, you know, I'd love to like live here. And just even if it's not in a company, like I still just think being here and like doing something. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. And so an audition came up for Disneyland and I was like, oh, it's not really my thing. Like I'm not really a Disney person. And, you know, most of those jobs are like character based or like, you know, 
that's definitely not what <laughs> I saw myself doing at all. But I thought I may as well just do this audition because it was close by and I was there anyway. So like, why not? So I go in, right? And I thought, you know, most places in Paris, everywhere kind of, everyone spoke a little bit of English. You could definitely get around fine. Like there was, I never felt like I, you know, couldn't communicate right until I went to this audition <laughs> the whole thing was in French like not a word was in English <laughs> not a word which is fine like you know they don't have to speak English at all but I had to have a translator well these two boys that were speaking to me in English so I just asked them to you know you had to do like a character round where you just had to pick like a, a dwarf one of Snow White's dwarves or like a um they'd give you a character i had i had a disney audition as well at sydney dance company oh my god i auditioned for disney cruise and i was given rapunzel for the day and (laughs) i had to walk in to the studio from the door so everyone was waiting outside as rapunzel one by one i had to come in as rapunzel and do an american accent and no. talk to the panel, pretending that they were children at Disneyland. Oh, no. See, that's trauma in and of <laughs> itself. <laughs> and they told me I got the job, but then I never really? got the call from them. I signed all the forms and everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, that's what they do. They get you to sign the forms and they yeah. make you think you got it. Anyway, I think they gave us a choice of the dwarves. And stupid me, I couldn't even think of what they were. I was like, I know one was like sneezy. Is that I right? don't know any of them. There's like sleepy. Is there a tired one? Yeah. Yeah. I think I did sleepy because that was like the easiest one. But mind you, I when they read out the numbers of who made it through, they did it in French. So I didn't know whether I had got through each round and I needed to go up to the panel and ask, which is extremely embarrassing to have to go up and be like, hey, did I make it through? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 you're, you're in the next round. Anyway, I ended up doing really well. Like I was actually <laughs> shocked and I got to like the final five dances and there was like hundreds of people there, like Disney fanatics were yeah. there. And I kind of just breezed my way through mainly because most people were there as um, characters so Mm -hmm. I guess their strong suit would be the acting and the um, animation and all that whereas I was obviously there as a dancer so I had the you know I could get the combos Mm -hmm. I guess pretty well and then they did like the full you know when they stand and they look at you and they do the the chatter and they kind of size you up they did that but it was all in French and so it's very intimidating when you know, you have two people like whispering in front of you in another language. You don't know what they're saying and they're just staring at you and pointing at different parts of your face and whatnot. And they asked me to smile for the majority of the conversation. <laughs> and then they just left and I was like, OK, um, about 20 minutes later, I was asked to leave. Like she went the um, so there was two on the panel and the woman asked me to leave and she was like you just don't have the features that we're looking for and that was it and I was like that's fine like I was just happy to leave it at that but (laughs) then I I, maybe I looked upset I'm not really sure but the male judge I guess asked me to come up to the desk and so I spoke to him and he was like oh what's your passport and I was like well it's an Australian passport I don't have a visa to be in France blah 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 he was like okay well we only take Australians as the prince character because that's the that's the all round they do the animation they do the dancing they do the um interaction with the kids and all that so like it's i guess more for them they can justify affording right. a visa for somebody that does everything yeah. 
opposed to just being a dancer. And I was like, that's fine. Again, was happy to leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to continue any of these awkward conversations. And then he was like, and you have, you know, everything that we're looking for, except there's one thing holding you back. And I was like, okay, what's that? And he goes, oh, it's your teeth. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's just so strange. Like, because I, I was still in my mindset that I was there as a dancer. And he was like, oh, well, you know, like a prince has to have perfect teeth. And I actually have had Invisalign for the past couple of months. But at the time, I did have quite crooked teeth. And yeah, I was just devastated. I don't know why, but it just like <laughs> really hit me. And because, as I said, like, I didn't ask for any of the feedback. I was just Mm. happy to leave. And I just... Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to say, if you decide to get braces, which we we recommend that you do, it will open up so many opportunities for you, then please give us a call. (laughs) And I think that's the statement that got me. Like, the fact that as dancers, we're just expected to, oh, go and get braces and then we'll give you a job. Like, that's a long process. You don't just get straight teeth overnight yeah. and it's not something that you just do for a job at Disneyland. That's a lot of money and yeah. also Disneyland. I don't right. think anyone visiting Disneyland is going to be like, that prince <laughs> doesn't have the teeth for the role. And like, I, I didn't even want that job really in the first place. Yeah. So like the fact that now I'm having to get braces for the job, say, in saying all this, I ended up did getting braces, but for a different reason, like I did it for myself. I didn't... Yeah. I didn't call them afterwards and say, let's go. I'm, I'm ready for the role. <laughs> can you explain what the dance task was? Yeah, yeah. So you had to do like the sleepy character. You do like the, the shoulders and the the like the napping hands and the yawn. That was a big one. <laughs> you had to do like the cowboy, right? Yeah, you there was a cowboy one. Yeah. Woody. Yeah. yeah didn't I, you have to do like eight counts in cowboy? Yeah, you do eight counts each. So you do eight, eight counts cowboy, eight counts a dwarf. And then there was something else. And um, yeah, it's very quick to be changing through the different <laughs> characters. But it was funny. Like it was actually a really fun audition. It just kind of ended really strangely. Mm. And then I was on the streets of Paris, like just crying <laughs> <laughs> because mm. like, and I was on the phone to my mom and I was like, <laughs> I, I just had the weirdest thing. Like, and she was like, why are you even auditioning for that though? Like, that's not <laughs> what you went there for. And why are you so upset about Disney? Like you wouldn't even t- probably have taken it if you mm. had have gotten it. That's the Europe extravaganza in a nutshell. Yeah. So that was kind of the pinnacle. But then I'm, joined you in Barcelona for probably that was probably the big audition like that was the one that I cared right. about the most and I put so <laughs> I put so much pressure on it as well I, like every time I'd mm. done poorly in an audition or like I was with a company I didn't like I was like that's right I'll just move on to the next yeah. country yeah. <laughs> and um yeah I went to Barcelona for the It Danza audition and I just really wanted it like I just really thought it um suited me and you know, like I knew that you had been there yeah. and that you were loving and it. And I think, and I still think that it really suited you. Well, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I think I just choked, but it was the ballet round and mm. you, you were watching and they yeah. again yeah. didn't speak any English because it was yeah. the last um, class of the day and mm. they were just like speeding through it. Yeah, and it I was definitely it just unfortunate or maybe Uh, i mean you can't call it that because you know it's destiny but 
Yeah, you guys had Rodolfo and he <laughs> doesn't even, he wasn't even speaking Spanish. He was speaking Catalan. So there was just no way. And the class mm -hmm. was so hard. He taught this oh. porta bra that had taken us like three weeks to learn as members of the company, but he taught it the whole thing. And mind you, I'm not even like a ballet dancer. Like I, I was there for contemporary and I, Man. I don't want to make excuses because it was my fault. I probably should have been more prepared, but... I just no. choked. I couldn't pick it up I and I got think, so stressed. Yeah, <laughs> it was really stressful and my audition hadn't been like that. I don't know what happened. Just your one was like high stress. And also mm. I think it probably like epitomizes the whole experience and all the pressure you'd like yeah. put on yourself up to that moment that like maybe if you'd have, if you hadn't cared or something, mm. you would have been more relaxed. Yeah. And I think the stress didn't help. Yeah, I think I care. I really wanted it and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Anyway, and then, and I was also in the first group for every yeah, exercise yeah. in the front line. Yeah. And I just, I ended up just improvising a lot of the exercises, which you should never do, but yeah. I didn't really have a choice. I just yeah. oh, didn't shit, know it. Dude. At the end of the audition, I I didn't even get past that round, but I just remember thinking like, I don't want to ever be in that environment again. Mm. Like the like the way I felt was so stressed and not myself. And yeah, I I just realized like I don't think I want this. And even if I mm. had this, like I don't think that I'd be. What am I trying to say here? Um, I do also think that they may have just been like, we're never employing another Australian <laughs> again after me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was it was a real good lesson, and I actually loved. Barcelona like it was such a cool place and mm. like meeting all your friends and stuff that was yeah that, that was, was really cool. fun yeah and that was actually the last ballet class that I had I've ever done wow yeah wow <laughs> going out with a bang I know going out with a bang it was quite the experience but you know I could have just said that's right I'll try again next year and my plan was when I got home from Europe my I guess this is how it all kind of happened like when mm. I I want to stress, like, when that audition went down, I was not finished. Like, I still wanted to dance. Mm. And I never even crossed my mind that I was going to quit. But the next day, I booked a flight to Israel. And I went to Did you Tel do the No, I just Intensive. did open classes. and With the you know, company or just Yeah, the... some, some with company and some nice. just normal. That, dan that opened my eyes, though, to dance in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. Like, they know what they're doing. Can I yes. just say, like... Australia has nothing on what's going on in Israel that yeah it was I agree, some of the best 100%. dancing I've ever seen it's also the reason I quit I was like it's bash everyone nothing yeah and I just I realized I was never going to get that in mm. Australia and I was never going to be good enough to be you know in Batsheva or anything like that but once I had done that I kind of just felt like that's what I love to do and yeah. I've now had this experience that I don't want to keep pushing for something like yeah. the ballet companies and the contemporary companies that I never felt that joy of dance that I did yeah. in Israel. A hundred percent. We need to get Gaga to Australia, mm. dude. Oh yeah, we definitely do. Mm. But yeah, so I came back and I had full intentions of going back overseas. Like I took up the full-time job that I have now and... I was just going to do that temporary. Like mm -hmm. every day I was there, I was like, okay, I'm like one step closer to going back to Europe because I had no money when I came back to Australia. Right, I yeah. had literally zero dollars. Mm. <laughs> and being surrounded by people that weren't dancers and like working in a job that had nothing to do with dance, no one cared about 
if I had, um, you know, trained at a certain place or had fucking straight knees or straight back or straight teeth, like no one gave a shit. And I think that really just struck a chord with me. Like, and I did actually really well. Like I ended up getting promoted at one point and I, yeah, I just made connections with people and I just felt like I had a role. I felt like I had a Mm. purpose. Like if I didn't show up one day, it would affect somebody or it would affect the company if I wasn't there. And having that purpose kind of gave me a new purpose as well because I realized that oh shit like I actually have more to offer than just being a dancer yeah and I never even considered that before that's cool that's really cool and everyone is always like oh I don't want to end up in a desk job but like that's so fucked and I'm so sick of people saying that that are dancers because it's not you're not just sitting at a desk doing shit all like you're actually doing something and you're putting your everything that you've learned and all the skills that you have and the knowledge that you have, you're just using it in a different way. Mm. And it's not about being at a desk and it's not about being in the studio. It's not about the job that you have. It's about how you do it. And it's, Mm. oh fuck, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's about finding purpose in what you're doing. Mm. You can do anything, but if you do it with purpose and if you really try at it and give it your all, I think you'll find a new love for it. Yeah. And that being said, it's also completely possible to be a dancer without purpose. Yeah, definitely. And that, there's a lot of them out there. Like, oh, yeah. Just doing it because they think they have to. And Exactly. Stop doing things because you think you have to. Mm. That is the biggest lesson I think I've ever learned is that, oh, fuck, the amount of times that I've been told, like, well, this is what this person did or well, this is what dancers in your position normally do. And then that makes me think, okay, well, I'm not doing that, so I failed. But that's Mm. not true in any way, shape or form. You make your own decisions. You have to own them. Mm. Yeah, well, I actually think that's probably a perfect way to end. Wow. (laughs) What a road that was. Yeah. So is there anything else you feel like need to fill a gap on? I think I've just rambled and probably said some stupid shit or I don't know I think I've no, just amazing gone on a few Alex. tangents but I love it this was a really necessary conversation and the first of many in this realm so we haven't touched on a lot of these subjects yet mm. but this is like for me a huge reason why I'm doing this podcast because I like I think it's obviously not clear what my mission is and I don't even know either I just want to start the thing see what happens And I think as much as there might be like critical stuff or like comical stuff, it's all deeply rooted in these Mm. beliefs that I feel so strongly about that dancers dance because they love it and because they love it, they're being exploited a lot of the time. And that comes in so many different forms and people may not agree with that. But I don't think, I, I think it also comes from my own personal vendettas and like yeah. experiences, especially of the <laughs> yeah, classical 100%. world. Yeah. Because that's like, that's all I know and that's all I really come from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as you you can disagree and, and believe that the dance world is a wonderful place, which it is, it is a lot of the time. There is also dancers being overworked, underpaid, mistreated, threatened, paid with the inappropriate version of payment (laughs) 
<laughs> my yeah yeah i think that's i think that's it it yeah thanks alex for coming oh, in today and sharing you. with all of us thank you for having me it's i've had an story. absolute ball and okay yeah okay. we'll just finish it with you do you sweet peace <laughs> out peace out bye <laughs>